Hey everyone, it's Adam McQueen here, the host of the West Coast Podcast. We're here with you on uh, Monday, October 23rd, just as all the big games in the NBA are wrapping up here. And we're just going to break down all the news and headlines in the NBA world. Let's get it. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Why I would never wear a big baller shirt. No, I didn't don't say that. Talk to me, but I heard you say I'm not even wearing I, I said that I. You're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Next. Well, next, well, next well. Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. All right, and I'm joined here by my co-host, the man himself, We the North, Graham Turner. Graham, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm excited. The inaugural episode, I feel like I'm unleashed. I feel like I've had a lot to say over the years. You've been kept in your lane, so to speak. I've been kept in my LeVar Ball, obviously honorary co-host, and uh, he must have a doctorate from somewhere, some sort of honorary degree. (laughs) The Bill Cosby treatment. I mean, Bill Cosby had like fourteen of them. All right, Bill Cosby's got to have at least one. We're gonna get we're gonna cancel before we even started here. Not independent, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we're gonna start off here with quick hits, just the biggest news from the night so far, and we're gonna have to start off in Philadelphia, where Ben Simmons got his first triple double, posting. 21 points, 12 rebounds, and 10 assists en route to a 97-86 victory over Detroit. What do you think? I think it was a, a good call. Vegas had him as a, as a favorite for Rookie of the Year. I think those odds can only have increased after three games. The guy is a large human being that can dribble the ball very well, set up <laughs> plays for them. That's what they were missing last year, like... Obviously, T.J. McConnell has been relegated to the second year. Where you know, I I don't even I don't even dislike T.J. McConnell. I think he's a good basketball player. He's he's handy for them on the second unit. But I think what they're gonna have to do going forward is figure out how they evolve a sort of second unit point guard into this scheme because their crunch time five is definitely gonna have Simmons as a primary ball handler. And if they can get probably two or three more good shooters around him and Embiid. They're going to be a serious, serious threat. Is Ben Simmons breaking a mold? Does he play the rest of his career not being able to shoot? Maybe no one knows what hand he should use. Does it matter? I think the limitations of a non-shooting point guard are like the sort of Ricky Rubio, where he's super good at passing and running offense. But the knock on him and the reason why he's not ever being considered in those elite tiers is that he can't shoot. And if you're a non-shooting point guard, it, it, it... you know, really limits you. Not when you're 6'10 and can get to the paint at will. Well, that's fair. But look at, like, Markel Fultz right now. He he can't be their starting point guard at all because Oh, give him a shoot. break. It's been three games. He was injured all preseason. I think it's uh, pretty fair to call him a bust. That don't make any sense! <laughs> You've Mar- heard it here Mar- first. Markel Fultz is a bust, and I think that uh, maybe the worst number one draft pick of all time. Of all time, maybe Anthony Gr- Bennett. He has something to say for you. Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett will probably spend longer in the league than Markel. <laughs> Markel Fultz looks like me out on the court. <laughs> that uh, that is not true. I've seen you play. Um, but yeah, other than that. First win for Philadelphia. They ride the ship. They had a tough start to the season. You know what has annoyed me over the past week or so is all these people being so smug about 
saying that Philadelphia were going to be bad again this year. Philadelphia are not a bad team. They've played a couple good teams. They got spanked by the Raptors with an Embiid on Saturday. But the Raptors are a good team. And I think that they're going to do really well this year in the East against the Atlantas and Chicago's of the world. Because they have a lot more talent than those But teams. we could do well against the Atlantas and the Chicago's of the world. So that's, that's not saying much. That's disrespectful. I mean, Justin Holiday can shoot the ball. Okay. Fair enough. And well, like, you know yeah. who's not shooting the ball? Bobby Portis. You know why? Because he punched his teammate in the face. Do you know who else isn't shooting the ball? Nikola Mirotic, because he can't see. <laughs> he can't see. Okay, we can't He's getting the, the Eastern, Eastern Europe vision treatment right now, which involves a goat and a stick of butter. And don't ask what that involves. It just is. <laughs> All right, to the next next big news of the night. And everyone's been talking about Yanni. He's destroying the league. MVP favorite now. He's the hot new thing. And once again, he did destroy the Hornets with a 32-14-6 stat line. He closed the game out. But more importantly, does any of this matter? Because Frank the Tank Kaminsky put him on a poster today. He showed him with a little pump fake, went around him, and then threw the hammer down en route to a loss. But is that it? Is Frank Kaminsky now the new MVP leader in the race? I think that's how it works. I think it's sort of like when a new gorilla comes into the tribe <laughs> and he has to fight the silverback or else he has to go out and get his get his own tribe. He has to sort of like live on the cast-offs, like Exile Island or something. Frank Kaminsky was the number one contender. Well, Giannis, I think, was the silverback who had his harem of young female gorillas. And then Kaminsky came with a tomahawk. And, uh, yeah, Giannis is now on Exile Island and Kaminsky is the king. No, but <laughs> for real, the thing I don't understand is... How do these Michael Jordan draft picks feel in their careers? It's so strange to me, this relationship that he's always had with these guys. <laughs> like, I wonder about it. Like The Kwame Brown? Because he's there's no there's no surprise that he's, like, not that sweet a dude to, like, hang out with. Like, he's ultra competitive, gambles all the time, allegedly, possibly allegedly got banned from the NBA for gambling, the conspiracy theorists would say. And I just like he's never really been lauded as a great teammate. He spent a lot of his Hall of Fame ceremony induction like blasting this dude from high school <laughs> that made the varsity team. You're coming him. in hot takes on Michael Jordan. I'm just saying, like, has he ever? He's never had any actual success in running a basketball franchise. And I just think like these Frank Kaminsky's of the world and the Kwame Brown and the Emeka Okafors, like Emeka Okafor and Michael Jordan had the most contentious relationship that never really gets talked about. And he came back to the Bobcats because he's like, if I'm going to ride out my career and have a bad time somewhere, I might as well do it with the person that brought me. (laughs) You brought me into this world. But as far as Giannis goes, yeah, he looks like the real deal. He's run that off. He runs that offense. But and he will finish second in the MVP behind Frank the Tank. Heard it here first. There's another one. Vegas hit it up. Third is another pretentious athlete, though. Of course. I don't know. Those those third guys, it's it's just ridiculous. Never, what happened? You never see fourth. I guess Will Fuller, what is he, the fifth? He's no, he's a fourth. Wade Baldwin was a fourth, but Wade he Baldwin was uh, a fourth? I don't wanna get I don't wanna get into Wade Baldwin right now. Well, let's dig up I don't wanna st- yeah, I, I yeah, that's gonna Where's get he finishing the MVP make, voting this he year? He is nowhere. He is in L V P. He is my least valuable player. And he's not even in the league. Imagine they did an L V P. What would the L V P winner get each year if they did a least valuable player of the NBA? <sighs> A least valuable player award? Yeah. You'd have to sit through every game of the Brooklyn Nets this season. I think you'd have to do behavioral lessons taught by C. Francis. <laughs> How to be a professional NBA player. What, him and or Marbury? 
It was it Marbury? I think Marbury's, Marbury has the full tattoo on his head. Marbury at least Starbury, had like really. a lot of success in China, though. He's revered over there. So maybe he could do an offset of the course, like how to be a superstar in China. Well, there you go. Maybe you do want to win the LVP then. Maybe we just made do. a new award. More useful than the sixth man of the year. Wow. Which would just go to Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford every year. Hey, Eric Gordon, who is now the probably third man of the year. All right, up to something that you really wanted to talk about, Graham. The two-minute report that comes out after every game and causes a lot of controversy. I mean, they come out with this thing. It's like a press release after every game. And it's just, like, ridiculous how they basically just take the attention away from the end of the game. And the reason it's relevant today is the NBA just released a report about the incredible Oklahoma City Thunder Minnesota Timberwolves game yesterday where Andrew Wiggins is a buzzer-beater winner. And they said that Towns did a legal screen on the last play. I know. Who cares? Like, I mean, like, you should... <sighs> like, uh, who who's benefiting from this? Because the losing team, it, I mean, it doesn't reverse the win. It's only they go out and play the last play again. <laughs> and the winning team is just like, oh, I guess... I mean, they don't really care. So what do you want? Do you want them to just, just get it? Can it? Be done with it. Be done with it. What purpose does it serve? It doesn't change anything. It's not good for anybody. No team's fans feel like it's rewarding. It just rehashes old wounds. It's just, I acknowledge it. My bad. My bad. We'll fix it next time. But they don't. In the world of the Nightcrawler 24-hour news cycle, I mean, we, no one has time for all yesterday's news. That's why it's called yesterday's news. It's, no one, it's not valuable anymore. It's like this podcast in 24 hours. <laughs> People are done with it. We're going to have to keep churning more and more out. Just do it all the time. Maybe a 24-hour podcast. Yeah, maybe a 24-hour podcast. Well, let's go through 20 minutes. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and last thing here is the Atlanta Hawks play today. They played Miami. They unfortunately lost. I have a little question for you because I had to look through all of the Atlanta Hawks roster to see who is actually taking the court from today. I want to play a game called how many minutes did Marco Bellinelli play today? So, Graham, how many minutes do you think he played for the Atlanta Hawks today? How many minutes do I think Marco Bellinelli Bellinelli was a good player back in the day. He's the best. NBA I'm not trying to slight him. He's I'm the best just... NBA player whose name I think sounds like it could be a drink, like a cocktail. <laughs> like there's a Bellini. I think you have a couple of Bellinis. About a Rudy Gobert. So, so you're drinking Bellinelli's, you know? You a Rudy know, Gobert? You know what they're talking about. Rudy Gobert. That would be a good shot. That sounds more like an ice cream to me. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like, uh, I don't know. Bellinelli, I think, might take the cake. Fair enough. Well, All how, many how many minutes did he play? I say he played 33 minutes. You overshot it. He played 27. 27 Still, minutes? that's 26 min- too many minutes for Marco Bellinelli well, in 2017. who else is playing for the Atlanta Hawks? I don't even want to get into it. I mean, what, they got Schroeder? He didn't even play. He didn't play? What, what was the starting line? Do you have it there? Uh, I can get it for you right now. We did have, we had Dwayne Dedman. Dwayne he's, Dedman. He's, he's a handy. Great, he's a great signing, yeah. Um, we he's had a, Kent Bazemore, Under Armour's very own. Oh, not anymore, actually. Deadman is this year's Bismack Biombo. Yeah, but he didn't get paid as much as Bismack Biombo is still on there for 18 mil on the bench. That was hilarious. How, as a Raptors fan, how did you feel about Biombo going to the I mean, you got to love the dude because he came into that, that Heat series and thereafter the Cleveland series and played... Whiteside and then Tristan Thompson. I mean, he's a he's a good player. He's handy. He had a really good. He just had some blocks. He just had the highlight reels, and you knew he someone was going to pay him. He no knew hands. someone was going to pay him. No, he doesn't like to shoot the basketball. 
Watching him shoot free throws is like watching Marco Bellinelli play 27 minutes. <laughs> it's not an enjoyable it's not, experience. No, no one's going out and seeking these experiences. All right. On that note, we're going to change it over to our new segment here. Well, everything's new on the podcast today. We're going starting five and end of the bench. So five things that we think are positives from the NBA today. Uh, things we're excited about and end of the bench. The kind of things that you would say after watching Marco Bellinelli play for 20 seconds. <laughs> the things that you just don't want in your life anymore. The things, uh, the cast-offs. The castaways. The castaways. Like Anthony Bennett playing overseas, you just cast it away. You cast it away. <laughs> you see it in your life and you just cast it away. Alright, so starting first on my starting five here, I'm going to go with Canadian basketball. Canadian basketball? I am indeed. We had, we already kind of mentioned it briefly, the Andrew Wiggins buzzer beater for the win over OKC. Most exciting game of the year, probably. I think he also, I actually shouted the fact that he actually had a really good game in general. All the way down to, all the way down the last like five, six minutes, he put clutch bucket after clutch bucket and then finished it off with, I don't know, I think that's the most exciting finish since the Russell Westbrook deep bomb against Denver last season. So oh, Russell Westbrook had a couple. I think, I mean, my question is, for the Timberwolves owner, is this enough? You know? Is this enough for him to, to please him to get the mask? Because he said, before he signed it, he's like, look, I need this guy to step up. It Has he stepped a up? A half-court buzzer beater? Has he Maybe earned, if he does it in three contract? more games. Three more games? Three yeah. more buzzer three beaters? More, yeah. Maybe he's going to be just doing it all the time now, just to prove to the GM. Maybe just, like, not even shooting until the end. Like, just give me the last shot. <laughs> like, ultimate Kobe. Like, I don't take any other shots except for the last shot. Other aspects of Canadian basketball that are really shining right now is the very own Canadian flamethrower, Icy Hot, the Canuck kid, Dylan Brooks from the Memphis Grizzlies, leading them to a 3-0 record right now and absolutely bowling out. He spent all day today... He didn't have his best game today. Nonetheless, he spent a lot of his time trying to guard Harden and did a pretty good job. Friday night, or sorry, Saturday night against the Warriors, same thing. He was a lot of the time he was putting Steph Curry, and he he stayed with him toe-to-toe. He was contesting every shot, hand in the face, and offensively, he's given the Grizz the sparks that they really need in that second unit, which has been lackluster, to say the least. But more importantly with all of this, we have Canadian Mouse, we have Dylan Brooks, we've got Wiggins, we have all these Canadian guys, but really, the face of Canadian basketball is back in the NBA, and you know who that is? Drum roll, please. Jay Triano is back. He's back. As I, interim coach I, I of the Phoenix Suns. Make Canadian basketball great again, led by Jay Triano. Was Jeff O'Neill not available? <laughs> like, I don't... I don't... What did they see in that run that led them to believe that he would be the good selection? This is why you don't understand any of these sports, though. I mean, how do these? How does anyone? How does Rob Ryan keep getting defensive coordinator jobs? What are people seeing in his previous tenure <laughs> that make them say this is a guy for me? Like, I I don't really. Earl Watson had four years. Has currently, as he gets fired by the Phoenix Suns right now, Earl Watson has four years of of coaching basketball experience as a head coach. And two of those years are with the Phoenix Suns as a head coach. So what are people looking at? Like, how? who's making these decisions? I, I just don't, don't know, understand man. it. I just don't understand it. But Jay Triano must just have some, like, incriminating pictures of people in the Suns' front office. I think Jay Triano is one of those people that has one of those spy pens, and he records you covertly <laughs> and then uses it against you as blackmail. 
And now he's got another crack at an NBA job with probably the worst roster in the NBA. I right mean, now. I think what what does that conversation look like between him and him and Suns management when he goes in there? Like, what is? What do you think Devin Booker's reaction was? All right, Booker, we're we're we're, we're looking to get rid of Bledsoe. He's trying to he's bringing the morale down. We've got rid of Watson. We're clean house. This everything's around you. We want you and we want Jay Triano to lead Phoenix into a new era. I think you put the Beats headphones back on and you just keep <laughs> shooting jumpers because who cares? <laughs> who cares? Who cares? You 70 points. At, who you cares? Just, you just look at Josh Jackson and you're like, man, you and me just need to figure out a way to make this team good because our team sucks. Just right in now. classic two on five basketball. That's the way it is. That's Phoenix Suns basketball. Fair enough. Seven seconds or less, we'll turn the ball over. homage uh what do you have on the starting five i think my starting five one of my starting five is lebron james and i think that he could be a a frequent appearance on this list because he is a really good basketball player but more importantly he's a smart human being and it gets lost in the shirtless workout vids that we all enjoy (laughs) but realistically i mean he left or he told Kyrie to leave and Kyrie... He did not tell Kyrie to leave. I mean... Kyrie asked for so a trade. It's not so many words, but I don't... I don't know. There's something always weird about that relationship, but I think Kyrie wanted to go to his own team. LeBron He's the alpha. Mer- Mer- yeah, sure. He wanted to be the alpha. I mean, it's hard to be an alpha. Like we said earlier, Kaminsky is the alpha over Jan, so it changes all the time. It's very fluid, very dynamic market over there. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, this, this week Kyrie has lost his best teammate... Arguably the best person on that team in Gordon Hayward. He is trying to play with four new starting teammates. And he got fined this week $25,000 for saying some nasty things to a woman. And, uh, yeah, I just don't think he's having that great a time. And that Celtics team, I mean, I think it's going to be tough. I think they need to make a trade if they really want to compete this year. And Mm. LeBron James is sitting pretty with uh, his boy Dwayne Wade. He gets him to sit on the bench. I don't know if anyone else in the league is getting Dwayne Wade to sit on the bench. He likes being on his ass. All right. Well, (laughs) allegedly. 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 I mean, Aisha Kira likes to be on her feet, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We're We're not here to discuss the body parts of the NBA, but in any case, LeBron James, starting five. In my starting five, I've got unsuper teams. Because all this offseason, there was nonstop talk about, well, obviously the Warriors have dominated like, the last three, four years. So fair enough. They get their due. People can talk about them. Sure. I guess they're kind of good at basketball. But then all anyone can talk about is the Houston Rockets when Chris Paul comes. And all people can talk about is the Thunder when they start their new super team. The T-Wolves, they have a super team, but they didn't even, they flip and won barely 30 games last year. And the Celtics getting Hayward and their young draft picks. And all of this has kind of captured the headlines over the offseason, which is fair enough. It's exciting. But, and you know what's not exciting? The Grizzlies and the Spurs. But you know who wins all the time? The Grizzlies and the Spurs. You've got Golden State have already lost a couple games. Chris Paul's injured, and Houston fell to the Grizzlies today. OKC is starting slow. They're struggling to mesh, but... I okay, I do like the Thunder later on, but nevertheless, they're they're one and two right now, and the Celtics, like you just mentioned uh, before, without Hayward, I I don't really know where their chances are this year. I think they're gonna ride out the rookies and the young guys, see where they go with that, and whatever happens happens, and then build for next year when Hayward's back. 
But I want to give a shout-out to the Grizzlies and the Spurs. More towards the Grizzlies, because every three minutes in this podcast, we will have to go back to the Grizzlies. Because Marcus Gasol against the Warriors, and today, absolutely balled out. And is there any question that he is the best center in the league? Yes, of course there's question. There is no question. There, is, You know what the question is? Is he the best center? Yes. Done. Next question. Is Mike Conley the best point guard? No. Top three? No. <laughs> Top five? No. Oh, get out of here. No. I mean, first of all, where's Mike Conley ever won? Where's Mark Gasol ever won? Yeah, Marcus Gasol is a good center, no doubt about it. But I think there are some other people in the league that would like to have words with you, I think. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins would like to have words with you. I oh, think, my God. You're saying... Marcus Gasol hasn't won anything. He's won regular season games. He's I gone to a West. He's got a defensive player of the year. What Boogie just sits and swipes. I think Joel Embiid would like to have words with you. I think there's some very good centers in the league, and people often often sleep on them. But Draymond Green would like to have words with you. I mean, there's there's some guys. There's some guys. It's not as it's not as you know. It's not as popular position as it used to be when they had really good bounce passes and you know, the the heritage were like down to their shoulders. Just fundamental basketball. The age of fundamental basketball. I think. You know, the part of us that probably all misses that. You know, <laughs> just good two-point basketball, no free-throw line. Or you sorry, no got off your line. seat on a couple of those Gasol fadeaways today, though. Look, there's no doubt about it. Vanilla Ice can, can move <laughs> around. But, like, you know, it's just it's not as exciting to watch as a team like, you know, the Warriors or the Celtics or the Bash or the Spurs or the really good ball movement or whatever it might be. Anyway. My last starting five, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it. Chandler Parsons hit a three-pointer today, too. Chandler Parsons is like, I, Chandler Parsons and Marco Bellinelli are the same for me. He's a red-headed stepchild right now. He is a bad bad basketball player. He's not very good Give at playing the guy a break. basketball. He's treating every game like a road game now. And he, he, hit, a, and he hit a three on the road. So maybe Jordan Bell got essentially traded for cash, Chandler Parsons could get traded for, like, Zimbabwe money. He's garbage. He's terrible. Oh, he gets right. booed by his home crowd. I don't. I don't want to get into this. You're, you're selling my mood here. The Grizzlies are three and zero. We're going to the NBA Finals. I got Deal does, with it. A guy that doesn't get booed by his own crowd is JJ Redick, and that's because he's a really good basketball player, and he is the guy that's holding this 76ers team together. And I think this is what they've been missing. Finally, they have some pieces. They have Simmons. They have Embiid. They have Saric. They have Rocco. And Redick fits right in. He is the outside shooting that they've always needed. He's a veteran guy. They pay him, you know, they pay him some good cash to be there. It's but only one year, though. It's only one year, and I think when he I think that's back a, on his career... I think that's a handshake deal, though, that when they sell up with some of these younger guys, he's probably going to take less less cash. He's coming into his last few years of his career. I think Redick's playing some of the best basketball he's played in a while. He His, his scoring numbers have been decreasing pretty steadily with the Clippers. Over the last couple of years. It's true. It's true. You can go look at the stats. You can go look at the stats. And uh, I think that he's probably, you know, no expectations. There's no Chris Paul breathing down his shoulder. There's no Doc Rivers. You know, I think it's uh, I think it's good. All right. And now we're going to the end of the bench. Five things that are not looking good in the NBA right now. And I will start with mouth guards. Mouth guards are unpopular, and it's for everyone that says, hey, maybe we need to do some more research on CTE. Maybe we don't need mouth guards after all. But they're they're out this week. Steph Curry doesn't love them. They're out. Steph Curry threw his mouth guard at the referee. He says he has better aim than that, but I don't know. It looked like he put it right near the referee's area, and he got fined 50 grand for this after getting... Ejected from the game against Memphis on Saturday night, along with KD. 
What I'm confused by is he got fined 50k for throwing a mouth guard at a referee. Meanwhile, Kyrie gets fined 25k for telling a lady to fellatio him. So what I'm wondering is, what would you have to say to get fined as much as Steph Curry did for throwing? What's double the amount of telling someone to fellatio? I think it's one of those observational comedy jokes from the 90s. It's like, hey, uh, what do you think about airline food? And it's just like, no, that's over. That air is over. That's that's going to be 50 grand. That's just not funny anymore. <laughs> those jokes are out of style. And you should know that. You should be part of society. But I don't know. You'd have to say maybe something racial. Maybe something misogynistic. I don't know. I don't know. It's. I mean, Donald Trump's president. Who knows what's happening these days? I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you don't get fined for that anymore. KD showed off his ring finger. It looked like a middle finger. Who knows? Controversial. Don't really care. Warriors, blow it up. Yeah, I heard that KD was online on Twitter right after the game under several different aliases defending his actions. And the thing that I want to say is, how do we know who's real anymore? Is that really KD? Conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory. What if... One of KD's alias accounts was Skip Bayless's Twitter account, and it's been him all along tweeting all this stuff at LeBron James. LeBron doesn't have the clutch gene. LeBron doesn't want it more than anyone else. LeBron just rests on the laurels of Kyrie. I don't know. What I one and one makes three. Who Skip Bayless is very angry. Who else is a is a group of people who are angry? And my answer is babies. Maybe Skip Bayless is one of those <laughs> babies that are wearing a trench coat, but they're just several babies on top of each other. <laughs> it's not babies, that's toddlers. Whatever, babies, toddlers, what am I, a scientist? I don't know the difference, but <laughs> they have a necktie on, some sunglasses, trying to see a, you know, rated 18 movie. I, still, I think Skip Bayless, angry. Is he babies? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we've gotten on a rabbit hole here. Let's get back to who else sits on the end of the bench for you. Um... I think that Markel Fultz's shoulder is something that's on the end of the bench for me. And the reason being is that uh, one of the things I didn't really hear about coming into the draft is apparently he can't shoot the basketball, which seems like a required skill for being the number one draft pick. I'm not, you know, an NBA scout, so I don't know really, you know, I don't know the nuances of shooting. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not here to debate the arcs and, you know, the, you know, the... Get your legs in your jumper. The velocity. Yeah, get your legs in your jumper. I, I assume it's all hands and arms, but uh, what am I? But and yeah, having the clutch gene. I mean, he didn't even hit the rim on some of his free throws, and he's blaming his shoulder, but he's got the yips badly. I think that, uh, you know, if you can't shoot, then like we said earlier, the Ben Simmons thing... I think they're going to struggle for outside shooting, and that's why J.J. Redick is so important to them. But it's weird because it's, when he gets in the game and he makes that kind of... When he actually is assertive and drives into the lane, he likes to use that spin move into the paint from the baseline. His shot from there, like that little fadeaway, little floater he does, it seems fine. It's only on the free throw line where he has this weird hitch, and it's just disgusting to watch. And it's just like... Oh, you know that when you, the hairs on your neck just stand up when you see something? That is Markel Fultz's free throw right now. I think that it's going to be very, very difficult for him. And uh, I don't know. Is My question is, as well, is how long does Brett Brown stay as the head coach of the 76ers? How long until they bring him? Oh, I'm so against you on this one. Brett Brown has a good offense in place. They move the ball well. They, yeah. You know what? For as little... Philadelphia basketball, as I tried to watch the last couple of years, 
they actually run a decent offense, and defensively, they're not good, but they, they ha- it's almost like you have the structure in place, but you have middle school kids running the offense. You've got Michael Carter-Williams trying to shoot from three. You, you've got... I, I couldn't even name some of the players who were playing back then for him. They were so bad. you got Jaleel Okafor just doing endless spin moves in the paint and then just flipping up aimlessly. I like I I actually think he's running good for offense, and now they actually have some shooting in Rocco and JJ Redick that they're starting to show that they can be a decent team this year. How long until? And this is the eternal question of the process. But how long until they're supposed to win fifty games? Is it next year? Is it how many draft picks? How many more high draft picks do they need to have before they are actually a contender in these? Because no, no more. Zero more, more, zero more seasons. I think that if this off season showed anything, if this off season showed anything, is that I don't think large market teams attract the players anymore. I don't think that's. I think the good players attract other good players. At but this that's point. what I'm saying is, are they actually good players? Who's good on that team? Simmons and Embiid, and however many years they have of JJ Redick, like how who they have good pieces. They have pieces. Dario Saric. Not enough pieces. Dario Saric is scoring 10, 15 points a game for him. He's a handy guy, but he's not going to be, you know... I think that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons is absolutely enough to attract good free agents to come to Philadelphia. I want to see on the court for a full season. That's what I want to see. Okay. Well, I can't argue with that. So And false of shoulder, I mean, is this even a real injury or is this a phantom injury? Is this uh, Is this the Jay Cutler injury? Is this the Jay Cutler injury? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Cutler, I think I think he might come to retirement and play for the Philadelphia 76ers after he retires from You know from what? Honestly, football. go into the booth for a week and then back out. They might need a couple injuries. Yeah, I think that, uh, I mean, is he better than Jared Bayless? That's a real question (laughs) you have to ask yourself. I know your thoughts on Jared. Old Grizzly, shout out. Um, For my end of the bench, it's granny free throws. Granny free throws are not being talked about anymore. That was all the rage the last two years or so. The league's been changing. Pace and space, shooting. There's been no more, there's been... Never been more emphasis emphasis on shooting than it has been in the last couple of years with the Warriors. Even you today, you've been talking a lot about shooting. And when we looked at DeAndre Jordan and Andre Drummond, if we looked at them in the early 2000s, they're cut from that Shaq mold of a dominant big man. Does They don't have the offensive repertoire of Shaq, but the physical rim runner can gobble up every rebound and is just an absolute presence defensively and can alter shots. Drummond, sometimes not so much, but still he is a beast on the boards. But the huge knock with them was this hack-a-shack rule starts coming in, and DeAndre and Drummond cannot hit a free throw to save their life. But then we look at this year, and Drummond has locked himself away in his virtual reality kit. I don't know what that entails. I think he's just been playing 2K on his Xbox, but he's now 10 or 12 from the free throw line. Apparently has new mechanics. It looks better than Markel Fultz's free throw. And DeAndre, granted, four free throws, but he's made four of them. Can't be better than 100%. That's just math. I think that the granny free throws out. Even Hassan Whiteside hit a three this season. His first and only three. The popular thing this this time around, these last couple years, is like, oh, I'm going to shoot free throws with my right hand, but psych, I'm actually a left-handed shooter. Like, you didn't know that after playing basketball for 24 years. (laughs) Which hand you're supposed to shoot free throws with, like, I think that 
for whatever reason, the free throw just sort of befuddles these, you know, elite NBA players. But it's like the granny, the granny shot. You just got to get in the gym. You just got to get in there. You got to shoot those free throws. You got to block the crowd out. Whatever it has to be, you got to eat, you know. You got to want it more. Than the other team. The thing about grit is it'll help you shoot free throws. So that's well, why... I've got an idea. The granny free throw may not be dead. I think you got to adapt. As the league has adapted and changed, so does the granny free throw. And all the proponents of the granny free throw. Is no longer focus on the big men. Let's start calling out Roberson and Fultz for going to the, for the granny free throw now. I think it might be the guards that need to start going underhand. I think Roberson should play a game which is called How Close Can I Get to the Hoop Without Anyone Coming Near Me? <laughs> because it is insane. I mean, I think that OKC team is going to have trouble winning with him on the floor when if he needs to play in big positions. Oh, I think crunch time. He, can, he locks down their best offensive players so well, but at the same time, you have Paul George to do that. I think when it comes to crunch time, if teams are just going to sag off like Chris Ball did on Roberson, you're just going to have to play Patterson. Yeah, we'll I'm more see. than happy with Patterson playing there. I think he, I'm. You've got mixed feelings about him, but I think he's a handy player when you, he doesn't really need to score. He needs to just be a decent defender, be able to switch, and be able to space the floor and hit down 35% of his threes. I think that they should have maybe some sort of hair salon that Robertson can go to when he doesn't Whoa. need to. He doesn't need to be on the floor. Look at that tie-in. Because I think that. The hair salon is clearly at the end of the bench this week. And the reason being is that Eric Bledsoe was in the hair salon and that that was it. I mean, Earl Watson has gone out the door. And the thing is, it's on a perm because clearly he's only going to say that. Why did Bledsoe not want to be in the hair salon? That's the real burning question. I think... So here, here, here's on the Why Bledsoe, go in a hair salon if you don't want to be there? On the Bledsoe train. On the was Bledsoe he train. there unwillingly? Yes, he was against his will. It was like, uh, what's that movie with Ben Affleck? Was that Phone Booth? No, no, that wasn't. That was, <laughs> was Colin, Colin Farrell. Yeah, same thing. They're you both know, in Daredevil. Argo, Argo. Oh, He's there against okay. his will. I slept through that movie. Yeah, anyway, here, here are my trades. Here are my best Bledsoe trades. Okay, here are my best Bledsoe okay, trades. Okay, let my me hear three it. Best, my three best. From, from most realistic to, to least realistic. You got Shumpert. This is with the Cavs, and I think the reason that the Cavs are maybe the front runners in this whole Bledsoe thing is the fact that he and LeBron share the same agent, Rich Paul, and I think that this is some some big some big new stuff, possibly conspiracy level theory. Ooh, LeBron, best GM in the league. Does LeBron win GM of the year this year? I think it's only a matter of time. He is another guy that might start getting some honorary degrees. I think once you reach honorary degree status, you're a Hall of Famer no matter what. Okay, here it is. Iman Shumpert, who is famously unmovable, Channing Fry in return to Phoenix, just has to make up the salary, and then they get the protected first round draft pick from the Celtics. That the Nets pick? Yeah, that the the Cavs have been holding on to for I, two weeks. Uh, I don't know about that, but I think they put some protection on it, and uh, I think that that could be. I mean, Phoenix, you're not winning any games this year. You're just going out with the draft pick. You're one of the very few teams in the league that have salary cap room. And it frees up some salary for, for Cleveland. And they get Bledsoe and maybe another trade exception. And they have a lot of trade exceptions. Did you watch Bledsoe try and play Dion Lonzo Bull? 
That was no. an absolute atrocity. I didn't watch a single minute of that game. Doesn't, well, doesn't I have no life. <laughs> and I decided, yeah, you know what? I will watch the Phoenix Suns and the LA Lakers play. And watching Bledsoe's defense was putrid, to say the least. But at the same time, it is. I think it could be one of those classic cases. With him and Tyson Chandler, it's like, they seem like they're becoming these like toxic... Per- well, maybe not Tyson Chandler's situation, but Bledsoe. You think he's a toxic personality. This whole Twitter controversy... He, it's like his trade value is getting lower and lower by the minute. As soon as he's in a new a new setting, a new environment, and especially if he joins a team like Denver or Cleveland, I think you're going to see a completely different player. And I think that I, I think that if he joins the Cavaliers, you put him, you saw him in as your primary ball handler. Well, LeBron's your primary ball handler, but. You have him as that guard, that lead guard while Isaiah Thomas is out, and then he can easily move to the two guard when Thomas comes back, knock on wood. But is it worth is it worth giving up the Brooklyn Nets pick? Because that could be really high now, the Jeremy Lin injury. Yeah, it, I, it definitely could be. But, I mean, Isaiah Thomas isn't going to be back until January, February. Derrick Rose just injured his ankle. you got Jose Calderon starting for your point <laughs> guard. Like, these are some dire, dire times. How many games are you going to get out of Dwayne Wade? 50, 60 maybe. J.R. Smith hasn't always been healthy. And, I mean, you got some old dudes on this team. you gotta, you got to go in. And you can, I mean, LeBron might leave next year. They... How many more championships? Are, you have one more year, realistically. You have to assume you have one more year as a Cavs to win a championship right now. So if you're not going to go in on Eric Bledsoe now, what do you, what's your plan? I mean, yeah, of course it's going to be terrible when him and Isaiah are on the same team because it's a lot of salary, but at least Bledsoe's contract is up soon. Like, I think that it has to be done. And if you are the Cavaliers, then, I don't know. This is this is the asset you've been waiting to get. They they pull the trigger. The trade happens. All Bledsoe right. plays All right. well. There's too much time on the Cavs. The next trade that I have in mind, second, is to the Milwaukee Bucks. And the reason why it makes sense for the Milwaukee Bucks is that they need a point guard. And they need a point guard badly. Because Zelvadova is bad. And I think that Giannis is also in danger of potentially leaving soon. They have a bad front office. They've tr- they've seen to be made to make bad trades, and they need some more assets. They need some more guys around Giannis to be able to win now, because he might be the MVP this year. And having Eric Bledsoe on that team might just catapult them into a top four seed in the East. Are you playing him alongside Brogdon, or is he taking Brogdon's position in He's the lineup? Taking Brogdon's position in the lineup, and the reason why is that Brogdon's going to Phoenix. Ron's going to Phoenix with Greg Monroe and maybe a draft pick for Eric Bledsoe. And Greg Monroe has been a really handy piece for them, but they have uh, they have Maker, they have Henson, Toledovich gets minutes for them. Maybe you pick up a guy in February, but I think that Brogdon is a guy that they can play alongside Booker, that he can develop in Phoenix, and Greg Monroe is a handy piece for them that would probably, well, I think he's better than Marquise Chris. Um, and he can play alongside Alex Lund. So it's, yeah, it's a win for the Phoenix. I, if you're a Phoenix, you don't even care about that Monroe contract. I you think don't. You don't. You're waiting for that to get off the books. The only, the real thing you're looking at there, if you're the Suns, is do you like Brogdon and how good is a draft pick you're gonna get? And I don't think it's gonna be that very good, that good because the Bucks are gonna be a good team. So I, I mean, beggars can't be choosers. He's out. Bledsoe, for all intents and purposes, is not a part of the Phoenix Suns. 
for the foreseeable future. He will not play another game for him. He will not play another game for So, them. it's really... If that is the best offer they get, then you take it. But I think they're going to get better offers than that. I don't think that Brogdon is worth worth the Brooklyn Nets pick, for sure. All right. If you don't like that one, I got one more for you. All right. Give me one more. And give this, me is, one this more. is the blockbuster trade of the evening. This is blowing up the internet. It's going to... It's going to wreck the internet. It's going to break the internet. Break the internet, yeah. Kim Kardashian. That's what the kids say. Break the internet. What does that mean? My internet was still working. Yeah, it was the opposite of broken. It, it was, was thriving. It was Everyone was on it. I was on the internet. You were on the internet. Oh, it's stupid. My Snapchat, by the way, just gets flogged with just random news stories about the Kardashians. Like, just them going to the grocery store now. I don't really understand what the Kardashian... Is it a... I, anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter. Some sort of soap, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, my my last trade is a three teamer. It involves the Phoenix Suns, the Los Angeles Lakers, and the Philadelphia 76ers. And I think that this is in the best interest of all the teams. Oh, okay. Let's hear it. To so the Phoenix Suns goes Delilah Okafor and Jordan Clarkson. To the Los Angeles Lakers goes Josh Jackson. And to the Philadelphia 76ers goes Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Ingram. And the reason why I think this makes sense for all the teams involved is Phoenix gets Jalil Okafor, who I think needs a, needs a change of scenery. And the 76ers... He needs to, to learn how to play defense. He, I think... He is, is the single most one-dimensional player I've ever seen. He's an interesting guy, and he's a high draft pick, and I think that potentially he could develop into something with those young guys... He's at least something for he, he's a he's a basketball player. He he could be good. He, could <laughs> he be does good. play in the NBA, so yes, he is a basketball player. And I think Jordan Clarkson's another guy that needs a change of scenery. And he's a he's not old. He was a very high draft pick very very recently, and I think that he could potentially be another asset for them. And he's a good defensive guy, whereas Eric Bledsoe is or not Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Devin Booker is not a good defensive guy, and I think he could be interesting for them. And it's not like Eric Bledsoe is that really that great of a trade asset right now anyway. I mean, he wants to leave. And, and the Lakers getting Josh Jackson, I think, I don't really love Brandon Ingram. I never have. And the fact that he doesn't really shoot that well from the beyond the arc, and the fact that they have Lonzo Ball, who's a ball-dominant guy. I think Josh Jackson played off the ball. He's a really good defender, whereas Bledsoe... Or, uh, I got to stop you. Not. I'm sorry, I got to stop you. There is 0.000% chance that Phoenix are trading Josh Jackson along with Eric Bledsoe. There is 0.000% chance blow it up. that they're already blown up. They're already in a million pieces. Josh Jackson's their number one pick. I think... I think they, they, you, the fact that you think that he, on his own, I would... I Josh Jackson for Jalil Okafor and Jordan Clarkson on their own is a ludicrous trade. Josh Jackson wasn't even getting put in the Kyrie trade talks. You think that they're going to do it for those two? Like, one plays off the bench for the Lakers. There's been the worst team in the league for the last three years, or one of the worst teams. And then and Jalil Okafor? Are you... I'm sorry, that is... It's a great trade for, for the Lakers, is it, it's even better for the Sixers. I think you said they're getting Brandon Ingram and Bledsoe? Yeah, that's right. That's daylight robbery. So what I think is going on here in this timeline is, though, that Phoenix has been very hot recently, and Adrian Peterson's in the area, and when he's around, wacky stuff happens. <laughs> and I think people are all feeling a little tense around Adrian Peterson the Heat, and Earl Watson just got fired, and Eric Bledsoe doesn't want to be there. 
I think that maybe the Phoenix front office is in a little bit of disarray. They're picking up the phone. They don't really know what's going on. They're drinking heavily. Maybe they're smoking cigarettes in the office. Like, look, they're just taking anything that comes in the door right now. And you, maybe and you think it's a mecca? You think it's who is that? Michael, <laughs> is Michael Jordan a package deal? You're just taking the trade before Adam Silver can intervene. Yeah, it's, it's Th- over. Throw in 50 year old Michael Jordan, and you've got yourself a deal. But other okay, than that, okay, I okay. don't would want. Would you Would you do it for Okafor, Clarkson, and Levar Ball? <laughs> I do. I I give LeBron up for Lavar Ball. Arguably the best one-on-one player of all time. <laughs> yeah, yet to be disproven. Earl the Goat, Man a Goat. Wow, that is a good throwback too. Uh, well, that's yet to be disproven. And on that note, Lavar Ball, you can't top him, and I don't think we can top this effort on our first podcast. So, thanks, Graham, for coming in today. I live here, so yeah. <laughs> you can't leave it. <laughs> And thanks to all for listening. If you made it this far, shout out. And we'll be back hopefully next week. See you later. If we don't get cancelled. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah, I've sold a good amount to me. Like I said, there's different amounts. How many? Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. I would never wear a big ball in a shirt. No, I didn't say that. I heard you say I'm not even worried about it. I said that I... You're a great reporter, just not reporting on me. Next, next, next. Let me tell you something. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane.